Blog Talk Radio. In 
Welcome to One Love, One Connection, One Us. My name is Arlene Cahet, and my beloved hubby is with me tonight. You want to say hi, Good honey? evening. Good evening, family. <laughs> How are you all? Oh, that's great. I hear you're doing fantastic already. I'm so happy. Okay, so tonight, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to talk about raising your relationship standard causes the evolution of others. Now, so I want to share with everybody the reason why I came up with this particular topic was because there is, I guess you could say, a relationship personality on YouTube that I occasionally you know, I take a look at his videos, and he mentioned how when he went to a seminar that he was putting on or, or a group gathering for his followers, one of the people got up from the audience or stood up and said that, you know, you tell us to do all of these things where, you know, we raise our standards, where we in addition to really, you know, to love ourselves, to heal from our past relationships. But we, you know, they, most of the times we (laughs) are by ourselves. (laughs) And that caused me to, you know, think about that for a minute, that when you think about how people are operating in this world, um, many of us, you know, um, are operating in a state of dysfunction. And so raising your relationship standards, um, even though it seems like you are by yourself, it causes others to go through an evolution, even those who are reluctant to do so. And I say this now because... <clears throat> When I started doing uh, relationship work with uh, <clears throat> with uh, Reverend Harvey a few years back, back then, the majority of our clientele were women, you know, women who were looking to heal themselves, who were looking to <clears throat> have a different experience for themselves, and one of the things that I I had mentioned uh, actually to Reverend Harvey back during that time was that, you know, we are seeing a whole lot of women, but we hardly have any, any, we hardly have any men clientele. And if we did have clientele who were male, then they were already in a relationship and they were looking to make their relationship better. But since then, um, I have been noticing uh, a great deal of work that is geared towards helping men to heal as well. And they, they, I think they call it male toxicity, and I'm not suggesting that anybody is that way. It's just that that's the title that they're giving to the groups where they are facilitating healing. So um, one of the things that he has suggested in our in the course of our conversation was that 
when there was the sort of a critical mass where uh, a certain segment of the population is focused in on their healing, be it men, women, or the combination of the two, <clears throat> that what eventually happens is that because because of the growing trend where people are having to deal with their stuff, then they are going to get the help that they're seeking because it sort of forces, you know, the collective to go in that particular direction. Is there anything that you would like to share, honey, before we continue to go forward? Well, I heard that word, it forces to go into a particular direction. Um, <laughs> is there a, a concern of that being the terminology? Forces, is that a good thing? Or force, force can be good or bad, right? Well, force can be good or bad. Perhaps force is not the, the best word. But it it sends it sends the collective into their own healing because there is a critical mass of people who are seeking to get healed or who have already healed and they are making it a sort of a requirement that it, it, you know the collective is making it a requirement that people heal from their wounds before entering into the space of a relationship where uh, people would cause harm to one another. Uh, Could you expound on the critical mass awareness? Because a lot of people don't even know what that is. Okay. So what happens is when I talk about uh, critical mass, I am talking about the collective consciousness of humanity in and of itself. Uh, a lot of what we're no, uh, and I'm going to I'm going to kind of step away from the relationship realm for just a quick moment here, just to give an example. Okay, so one of the things that I've observed is that there are a lot of women who are coming out, <clears throat> uh, coming out who are focusing in on helping women to um, become economically independent, who are looking to help women become more economically stable so that they can be be, uh, economically autonomous from having to be in relationship with other other people uh, or uh, another, another man. And so with all of these women who are working collectively together they are bringing attention the the challenges that women have had not only here in the United States but also in other cultures you're noticing more and more women who are coming out to speak up uh, and be advocates for uh, for other women to bring light to the challenges that women in other countries face, the the type of oppression. And as it's brought to light and as it is, you know, it is being more, it's garnering more and more energy, you are finding that there are places where the women are becoming more economically 
uh, economically stable or more substantial so that they are not having to be in a situation where, where they are necessarily oppressed. And so it's garnering more energy and energy and more focus where women are are you know are are being called upon to how can you say uh, to set things up so that they can be in charge of their own destiny. And in the past, that may not have, you know, that may not have been a thing. Or I guess you could say, um, in the in our recent past, that has not been a thing in many uh, cultures. So, as more attention is caused to it, as more people are helping one another to heal. Uh, and facilitate their healing and facilitate their economic independence, you are having a sort of a a wave or a continuous growth of this expansion of economic independence and also women helping one another. Does that that help a little bit? Okay. Uh, Yeah, because critical mass, I guess, could be translated as the expansion of consciousness beyond the, uh, I guess, the, the original site of its initiation that spreads out throughout, and it's almost like uh, a ripple effect, if one may say. Yeah, the, like the butterfly effect, yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Great. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, but is there anything that you want to and want to add to that about the, how relationship standards causes the evolution of others? I would say yes, but I would like you to continue. What I will say is. Raising the standards that causes the evolution in others is a phenomenal experience that the world has yet to even come into consciousness of. Because when you think about it, let's say, for example, you look at soap operas and you see the drama that occurs in soap operas the energy of the drama that's happening in soap operas, if you will, and when people gravitate to that type of energy, they actually end up manifesting that energy and it becomes part of their emotional side which infects everybody but people don't really see it that way. So it's kind of insidious, the negativity that is constantly being promoted in relationships where if people started dealing with things from a more positive perspective, then that positive energy 
would outweigh the negative energy and we can have a better association with one another collectively with proper relationships in all avenues of our lives. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Okay. So uh, I, I think that what I'm going to do next is really just talk about certain situations where uh, this has actually been the case where and, and on, on, an, on an individual level, because I, I know that I've talked about the collective, but Okay, so there is a person that we're aware of. His name is Michael, and he has done uh, relationship work um, with couples, singles, um, and, and specifically men. And he shared about, uh, he shared an experience that he had had where he had been in relationship with a woman who he had cared very deeply about. But the nature of the relationship was that she continually accused him of cheating all the time. And so with her being in this place of accusing him of cheating all the time, she had did some things that were extremely destructive to the relationship. So much so that he had finally gotten to a place where he just sort of stopped everything and said, look, you know, this is not me. This is not what I'm about and what you've done here. And I'm, I can't recall what it because he didn't really share the details of whatever that hurtful thing was that she did. But he said, uh, you know, I I can't continue on in this relationship like we have been and I I can't love you past you know I cannot allow myself to be in relationship with you to to work past whatever this is or whatever this this idea that you have going on because this idea is not reflective of who I am and I am leaving the relationship. And one of the things that he had shared was that that she knew that she, <laughs> like there was like the intellectual part of her knew that he was not who it was that she was accusing him of being. But this was sort of the the tape that she had in her head, the tape being the programming that she she had that in the previous relationships that she had been in where men had been unfaithful to her. And so she was trying to, you know, one up him before, before she, before he uh, did anything to her. It's like be, trying to beat somebody to the punch of, of uh, you know of one upping them uh in the relationship and and he said that that for his own um, mental health that it was best that he left, and that because she already knew that 
she was operating in a place of an old tape that was being played, the old programming, the old hurt. Um, and she was sort of running off automatic pilot that it sent her in a place of actually going to do her own healing because here it was, she was in relationship with a person that was what it was that she said that she wanted, but because she had not dealt with her stuff, her old programming, her old hurts, it caused damage to the relationship that she was in, and she really had to take a look at herself. Now, I believe he shared that that she had come to a place of of her own healing, but it sent her on a journey. And when he got to that place of just, you know, raising his standards of, of like, um, you know, I I can't move beyond this point. Uh, it caused her to go through her own change. But he he continued on with his own journey, which was to find out where it was that he needed to deal with his own his own um his own thought process and his own pain of why it was that he allowed himself to be in a relationship where he was accused of being something that he was not for an extended period of time. Um, Yes. Interesting indeed. I find that as I'm listening to that story, what I'm envisioning is we are all travelers and when we link with another one on this journey of life it's for a reason it's for a time frame of which we don't necessarily can say we have control of but all of life is interconnected so this what I'm hearing is this relationship came to a place to where it was like the train stop you know and it's like choop, choop, train stop with that such and such it's like, all right well, I got to get off here I, I, I got to go and so that's, that's what he did <laughs> and, and when he recognized that he had to leave it gave the other person the opportunity to continue their journey to recognize something that she, that she could not recognize if she could continue in that relationship at that particular time because it almost like it would have blocked her uh, continued growth as well as he seeing that it would have blocked his continued growth. And I guess that separation brought them to a higher level of awareness automatically, I guess. So it kind of goes back to that thing that you were saying earlier where it says uh, you're almost kind of forced into the next stage of your growth and development. When a person has to come Mm -hmm. or a creature has to come out of uh, a chrysalis or an egg, it's not an easy thing sometimes. And yet if you don't, let the bird work itself out of the egg and you start peeling the egg for the bird, the bird won't gain the strength that's necessary for it to survive. 
Um, yeah, I, but I think the, the chrysalis, I, I think that's the butterfly, right? Yeah, the egg is the bird and the chrysalis okay. is the butterfly. It's the, it's the butterfly. Also, yeah, which also refers to them as well. So if you actually see a chrysalis and butterflies trying to come out of the chrysalis and you're like, oh, let me go over there and help them out, you're going to kill them. Mm-hmm. It got it yeah. got to do it. Yes. Um, but uh, tell me, do you do you have any stories where where you feel that that the that the evolution of of uh, of the individual took place for their own growth and development? Yeah, I do. <laughs> <laughs> You don't uh, have to share. <laughs> well, um, it's interesting, but I think um, when I was coming out of the first marriage I was in, the pain and suffering that occurred that brought me to a particular place of depression was of, was of such a magnitude to where I withdrew from life. I, I withdrew from the world. And um, I just didn't want to be bothered with anything. I, I guess I was in a clinical level of having some major issues, which I didn't go see a doctor for drugs. But knowing that all I was doing at that particular time was coming home and I wouldn't even come out the door once I got home. I wouldn't go upstairs. Um, We had a three-story house and the bedroom was upstairs, but I just wouldn't go upstairs. I would lay on the couch on the first floor And I would sleep and toss and turn. I don't even know if I was eating like I was supposed to because I just wanted to escape. So all I was doing was going to work. And once I got to work, I would act more normal amongst people. I would eat, do things of that nature. But once I got home, I would lay on the couch and go to sleep. Sometimes I would go to sleep even with my clothes on um, and just wake up the next day and go to work with the same clothes I had on the day before. Um, it was pretty, pretty painful situation, but what's so strange about that for me is my journey opened up a portal into a place of pain and discomfort of which I met somebody else who was in pain and discomfort. And in the meeting of that person that was in pain and discomfort, I guess the commonality brought us together as the law of attraction would. And when I got to a place of recognizing that 
this was not me. I had to change. I started to evolve, even though I went deeper than I ever did before. It was a situation in which I was actually dealing with the drug world. Um, so I didn't go to the doctor. I just kind of self-medicated, if one may say. And she was one of those self-medicators, too. And so we medicated one another until it was time to medicate no more. And we broke free where I had to realign myself with my higher purpose, which it in turn caused her to do the same because that experience was only like maybe two and a half years where Mm -hmm. crack cocaine, when it grabs you, it's generally not just a stint for two or three years or five years. You're going to be in it for a minute. So I think that experience was divine in nature to a certain extent because of the journey that was required for both of us, me to better understand that type of experience and her to better understand that she no longer needed to be in that type of experience. When I met her, she was uh, caught up in crack cocaine for over 16 years. So she just could not break free from it. But uh, I know that mass communication, she's been free now for over 12, 15 years, which never happened for her before. Okay, now. (laughs) 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 Okay. Um. I I would say that for myself, um, there was a a sort of a continuous evolution that I was going through with my relationship. Um, So I'm sure that I've shared it before, but for those of you who may be new to the channel, um, I came from a single-family home. And one of the things that I had observed was that the people, the women in my family, many of them are all, you know, all of them are single. Um, Some of them have had children, uh, children um, outside of a marriage. Uh, outside of a two-parent home. And one of the things that I I think that I learned initially was that, well, I had observed that, you know, that this was not necessarily something, a pattern that I necessarily wanted to repeat. Um, And... and, But the, I guess you could say the journey there... (laughs) was, you know, was really um, sort of like a trial and error where where I had to develop develop standards that or or, or boundaries. I really I had to develop some boundaries that if you know, if a person violated certain things that I would not you know that you know I could just simply say, you know what, you and I were not a match. 
and we're we're not going to go any further with that. Um, I can't say that the individuals that I've dealt with um, went to any any serious changes other than perhaps the one that um, uh, other than the one that I had with my business partner um, and even but even in in that where where you know where that relationship in and of itself when we set sort of like the ground rules for how we would engage with one another because uh, quite is kept um he he in his past had been a, a bit of a playboy and i had already i had already kind of gotten the download from infinite intelligence that he and i were to work together and he would help me with being able to talk more and myself uh i would he would help me talk more and I would help him to deal with uh, his anger, uh, anger problems towards his mother. And the, the thing that was interesting about the relationship in and of itself is that when I caught, when I was going through my change, when he met me initially, I was really in a place where I was in a great deal of pain and I was licking my wounds. I had moved over from Arizona. I was living with a relative of mine, and we were, you know, and I was, I had made a decision that, that this time around, you know, after the divorce, that I would not be in a place of actually compromising um, with the things that that I actually needed for the relationship to continue, and, and so. The relationship in and of itself where when he initially met me, I guess you could say that I was really in a place of of being extremely wounded. And there would be some things that he would say to me that were really, like, not cool. <laughs> anyway, anyway, one of the things that I had shared with him was like, you know, understand something that the person that you see right before you right now is not who I really am, and I'm just trying to get myself together. Um, I, I don't think I used those words specifically, but what I told him was that the idea that he had of me and who I really was were two different people. And so it was one of those situations where I, I would say that he did not see me. And it was for almost close to a full year that he did not see me. And the only time that he did see me was like when we put on, I think it was a workshop, um, a workshop class. Uh, Yeah, we had put on a workshop and we had, we had the, you know, um, and I had, I had really sort of come into Uh, my element, and I had gone through a tremendous amount of healing uh, during that time. But as I began to change, as I began to develop those relationship standards, and as I continued to go through my evolution, the relationship in and of itself did 
it's sort of an amalgamation. So one of the things that I, I want people to realize is that um, there are times where the evolution that a person goes through or the relation, as the relationship changes and as you change, either one of two things will happen. Either the relationship will go through its own evolution and change into something else that it wasn't before, or, or the person will simply fall away. One of those two things tends to, tends to happen. And as I changed, the relationship and the way he treated me changed. So by the time I actually, we did the workshop, um, he stopped treating me like a person who needed to be patted on the head, like a dog, <laughs> patted on the head uh, to a person who, who would garner, uh, garner some type of respect and it was in a place where he didn't, you know, where he got to see more of me because I had come more into my own and I had done my healing. Um, as things progressed, when I got to a place where I was really in a place of being ready to date, again, the relationship took on another dimension and went through its evolution and and it was it was interesting to see how the relationship had turned to an amalgamation of of something else and then even after i got married the relationship has gone through its uh gone through its evolution and he actually found somebody else to sort of be his uh what i call his gal pal so you again when you raise your relationship standards or you go through your own personal change the the person who is dealing with you because your energy has changed then they will have to go through a change as well because because the the it's almost as if the universe sort of demands it um in order to deal with the new way that the relationship is presenting itself. You have anything to add, honey? I'm noticing that change is the only constant and a lot of people will refuse to accept that as the reality of life. We as individuals choose the direction of that change. Now, that change we choose will either be consciously or unconsciously, but the key is to learn to choose love. And in choosing love as your foundation, you will discover that you will properly relate to other people. Okay. So we are going to take a quick break. And just know that if, you know, 
Let's just put it this way. You can change the vibration or the patterns that you were given by your parents. And it is okay to not follow in the same footsteps as your as your parents or the people who raised you or the the experiences that you have that it is possible to transcend them you know um but we're going to we'll be right back Keep them. Please forgive me. What oh, nah, this woman went and put a hex on me. What oh, nah, why'd I let her go and put that sex on me? I shouldn't have watched that girl undress for me Ooh, the scent of her perfume in the air Got it feeling different in here, yeah She took my breath away Onto some fancy shit Into another place Such an expensive trip But she didn't make me pay for it with My father, he left the debt to his son to pay the girl who's a mother. Collector won't let me run, no. But he didn't make me pay for it with my money. I pay for the sins of my father. That's sounding new to me Oh, nah Mama told me what this could do to me Oh, nah Wouldn't fall for something like this usually No, no Tell me how could I ever prepare If my papa never was there Oh, she took my breath away On to some fancy ship Such an expensive trip But she didn't Make me pay for it with my money It's the sins of my father He left the debt to his son To pay the girl who's a mother Collector won't let me run No But she didn't Make me pay for it with my money Get to his son. Hey, hey, 
that I find, oh, and just by by the way, that was Sins of um, Sins of My Father by Usher. But one of the things that I really kind of like about the song is that it really kind of talks about um, the, or it is addressing sort of a little bit of what we're talking about, where the, the, the past, the past, has you know has been visited by the younger generation because of patterns or destructive patterns that may have existed. Now the only thing <laughs> is that the song does not address the the healing that we're talking about. But I I had wanted to bring that song because I thought bring that song in because I thought it was apropos. But let let's move on to what it can be when you raise your relationship standards. So, one of the things that I think people should realize is that when you do, when you are raising your relationship standards, when you are being clear about what your non-negotiables are, what your uh what your needs are and what your wants are, when you're really kind of clear about that and you don't settle for something less than, your heart will let you know. Your heart will let you know whether or not the relationship that you are considering is for you. Um, I know that there have been, and, and you don't have to be in that mindset of seeing how the relationship will fit. So one of the things is that my husband and I have been together for what is it? Four years, honey. Yes, yes, yes. Four, yeah, for for four years. <laughs> so we've been to uh, together for four years. We've been married for three, and one of the things that's really is that when you when you get into that place of not compromising and and also sort of like how can I put it? Really operating in that heart space of sort of entrusting the inner wisdom of infinite intelligence, you can have a relationship that can be really fulfilling. Um, and oh, everything does not ha- yeah, everything does not have to be super perfect uh, and in the in the relation or you don't have to be super perfect in order to have that relationship and um well my my hunt my hubby wanted to wanted to share with you that you know that we don't have too much drama in our relationship 
No, we don't. It's so amazing. This, you know, and let me just throw this out there. For me, it's letting go and letting God, you know. And that's a reality for me in the space in which I live because when I try to operate outside of that energy, I always found myself in a place to where I had to be struggling with something and I couldn't figure out what and why the struggle existed. But when I had let go and I was like, okay, I'm going to let spirit lead me, guide me, and direct me to where I need to be, position me so that I will be in the right place at the right time with the right consciousness to receive my blessing. Because I was like, all the stuff I've been through, and <laughs> as good as I have tried to be, all of this stuff wasn't my package. The stuff of the past was not my package. And I came to a place of recognizing that it was a blessing for every relationship I was in so that we can move forward from one level to the next. So sometimes relationships are, I guess, a journey to a certain destination that is designed for you. And when you get there, you'll feel it, you'll know it, and you'll you'll gravitate to it in such a way to where you will say yes more and you'll know what to say no because you knew what to say no to. So you gravitate to knowing what to say yes to because you have learned what to say no to. Okay, now. <laughs> and and I will say that um that I found that to be um found that to be true um uh, about being able to know what to say no to. So before before I met I met King, I I was doing uh, I guess you could say we were beta testing the relationship coaching Harvey and I and and I was you know one of my assignments was to go <laughs> to go out on dates <laughs> and and I had some interesting experiences and the whole the whole goal of the experience was to just sort of uh, be in a place of of putting what I learned to uh, into practice, where I began to ask uh, the the type of questions that would lead me to the lead me to an individual that was ideally compatible. But oftentimes, what I really experienced was like right off the bat, I kind of knew, and just and I would just simply say, you know, you and I are not a match. Um, especially when when I had those individuals who wanted to reduce, you know, that, that would not call me and that they would text me, <laughs> you know. Like if I'm having, I got to say that that was for me, like that really was a sort of one of those deal breaker things. Like, uh, you know, if I could not really have 
uh, a phone tele- telephone conversation or a face-to-face conversation with you, I, I just simply just, you know, I totally checked out of the experience and just say, you know, that, that doesn't work for me. Um, it, the, also, um, there were situations where I was I was talking to people and I found it challenging to talk to the people. And it's not that they said anything or did anything that that made me um, that made it made it uh, I guess you could say difficult to say. But again, it was just like innately like that. There was a part of me that just was not able to communicate with them in an effective manner. Um, and and then there were the there was one individual that I had dated and um let's just say that he brought his credentials <laughs> to the date. <laughs> it's the first time anything like that had happened to me where somebody had actually brought their proof of their uh, proof of their profession on the date and i never but, never questioned never questioned it but it was just how can i put it one of the things that i experienced or i felt on the date was like that guy he was in a place of being so desperate and intuitively there was a part of me that said you know what if you got involved with this person he would just make you miserable because he didn't love himself. But um but yes, you you get into that place of being in your heart space and and it'll it'll let you know, you know, whether or not it's the right one or that that the person is the right one. But you you it seemed like you were about to say something. The brother felt he had to bring a resume. <laughs> he wanted to, he wanted to let you know that he was like authentic. And actually, he showed himself not to be authentic at all. Poor fellow. <laughs> I, 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 I don't. I let's just say that I think that he had suffered from a number of dramas where people, you know, the people that women that he dated, you know, did not believe him. Now, for me, it wasn't a question about whether or not I believed you. It was just, you know. Um, I had, let's just put it this way. I had been, he was a doctor, by the way, but, uh, I had been, my mother was a registered nurse and, and so uh, the, the, she would talk to me quite a bit in medical jargon and tell me about her experiences. So oftentimes, like when I would talk to a person, you know, I would be nosy and like, okay, so, you know, what is your specialty? And then after finding out their specialty, like, okay, well, what made you decide on that? And in order to, uh, I guess you could say engage in conversation with an, a, a person who has a particular specialty, there is a certain way that they kind of operate. You know, a person who's trying to fake being a doctor, they're not. <laughs> they're going to have some. They're going to face some challenges if they try Definitely. to talk about. Yeah, talk about that experience. So. Uh, you know, for me, I, it wasn't a question of whether or not I believed you or not. 
I, I'm just sort of nosy and be up in your business and figure out, like, well, what was kind of the motivation behind it. But, yeah, he brought his credentials on the date. And and then the thing was is that he also wanted to test to see whether or not I was going to be cheap because he, he said that he didn't bring any money for the tip. Now, mind you, he could have put the tip of the credit card that he brought, but, like, for real? <laughs> well, I guess I guess we found out who was cheap. <laughs> Come on now, I don't think it's funny. It's funny how when you bring up the things about some of these people, how I'm not, I don't even operate in that space. Uh, the thing about texting, when a person reduces our relationship down to texting, I found that I'm not a person who enjoys texting in the first place. So when you brought that into the equation. I was like, I don't even understand why people do it because I like the one-on-one. I've always liked the one-on-one, and I will continue to like the one-on-one, baby. <laughs> now, show you right. <laughs> okay. Um, well, I... Is there, you know, I think that we, we've we been on here for, um, well, it, we, it's been about an hour. Is there anything that anything else that you want to share, you know, before we go ahead and wrap this up? Um, I think oftentimes people don't realize that relationship wounds exist and everybody that you meet has some sort of past it has either affected them emotionally mentally physically or all three and in order to rise to your next level to where you can stand on the ground of your non-negotiables without compromise. You need to heal your heart for your emotion, emotional body. For your mental body, you need to think and think of the self as an integral part of the whole experience of life. All of your life experiences are designed for you. And don't bash yourself because they existed, but identify the benefit out of the experience so that you can grow mentally. Because when people get stuck in that, they get stuck and they can't move forward because they're constantly beating themselves up about something that has been in their past that no longer is their present. So in their present, they continually visit the past, which continually puts them in a loop of which they can't get out, like the guy in Groundhog Day, so to speak. (laughs) 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 But... I also want to add <laughs> that 
you have to be mindful of your physical body as well. Because when you heal your body, you're not healing just one aspect, but you have to heal the whole. In your physical body, you have to heal the earth, wind, and fire of your existence. And when I say that, I'm saying clean eating, that's the earth, that which comes from the earth. Know what you're putting inside of you so that you can be a better person because it is a part of our reality, which the nutritional aspects of life as they've been feeding us garbage doesn't really work. Um, But learn what is the best diet for you. Learn how to gravitate to the best diet for you that you can enjoy life's eating, life's living. Um, Clean air, um, the wind. Breathe deeply. It's not a crime, but people don't do it. People generally breathe on uh, the basis of just inhale, exhale, where in actuality, your lungs can expand beyond your normal breathing. And at times, you should just set aside time to breathe deeply. Expand your lungs. As you expand your lungs, you expand your consciousness. And as you expand your consciousness, you expand your world. And as you expand your world, you allow new people to come in that will aid you in the expansion of what's necessary for your evolution anyway. And lastly, I want to say fire. Now, earth, wind, and fire are the elements thereof. But when I bring fire in, I bring it in because it's clean drinking. Okay? You know, liquor stores have on their marquee wine and spirits. You have a thought about what that really means? Because I've seen some spirits and they came out the liquor bottle and they expressed themselves through individuals and sometimes it made me want to run but I knew to hold my ground because you have to be grounded. You feel what I'm saying? Yes. I feel what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because, I mean, I, I don't bash people who drink. I really don't. I used to drink like a horse, well, at times. Depends on my, on my situation. Because, like I said, I went to a place of depression, and I needed to find myself. So during my journey, my journey was kind of like a Dante's Inferno. I was trying to go through hell in order to find out where I was supposed to be. And um, <laughs> I encountered so many things. It's like. You know, when the demons started showing up, I was like, you know what? I think I'm good. Yeah, I need to get up out of here. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it's it's bizarre because I remember, I'll, I'll share this story, because it's so important to evolve. And when we think about it, I talked about the three bodies, your emotional, mental, and physical body. But there's your spiritual body, and you have to acknowledge that and treat them all equally so that you can be balanced in your experience of life so that you can move forward. So I was 
back in the day when I was married and I'm trying to figure how to do the right thing for a person who did not receive me in a way that I guess Corinthians 13, 4 says, you know, that not jealous, don't brag, not arrogant, not unbecoming, not provoking, not self-seeking, not holding judges, grudges, or keeping records of wrongdoings. Um, that was not the relationship I was in when I was married. So I was being attacked on a regular basis every day. So I knew that I had to fast in order to build my spiritual muscles. Now, check this. I was a DJ back then, and my day, I was fasting, and I was fasting up until 6 o'clock, right? And uh, I would do that on Friday. But this particular Friday, I was scheduled to DJ at the club. So I didn't have the opportunity to eat anything because my wife at that time had caught me before going to the club complaining about why her car wasn't working and she needed the tire repaired and I need to go ahead and get that tire repaired right now because I'm supposed to be taking care of her and blah, 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 blah. And so I, I'm jumping like, oh, 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 because I want to please this woman that her mind was not in the same space. The compatibility became more and more obvious as we continued to move. Incompatibility became more and more obvious as we continued to move forward in the relationship. So I got the tire fixed for, and um, I actually put on a a tape back back then. We had cassette tapes, a 90-minute cassette tape. I put a 90-minute cassette tape in the machine, took off, ran down the street, put the tire on her car, I came back, and nobody even noticed what was going on. Now, um the crowd slowly comes in because I was like the happy hour guy. So I got back. I kept doing what was needing to be done. Six o'clock came along. The people started coming in a little more heavy. Um, Seven o'clock started coming along. And I said to myself, it's after six o'clock. Hey, I'm, I don't have, I'm, I'm not fasting anymore. So I can go ahead and I can, I can drink. Shoot. Why not? Because I'll be right as far as food is concerned. Well, I started taking in the spirits. Now, mindful, <laughs> I was fasting on water, okay? That's all I was doing, fasting on water. But 6 o'clock came around. I'm in the club, up in the club, having a great time, everybody having a great time. And I'm like, I want to have a great time because... I don't want to feel the suffering. So I decided to drink. And my gig was over about maybe 9, 10 o'clock. And I got all the liquor up in me. So I started with some beer. Then I went and got my selling comfort. And I started doing my boilermakers. And I'm thinking I'm going to get in touch with um, my then wife. And I can't find her nowhere. And I'm trying to figure what the heck was going on. Why she give me all of that drama? And what was happening in our relationship, and the spirits started talking to me, like, you know, she's mm-mm around, you know, she's mm-mm around. And I was like, yeah, 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 that's right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I got all this bravado that was unnecessary built up inside of me to where I started searching for her in the city of Baltimore, driving my 
Um, I went ahead uh, to Vanderbilt, big car, back in 89, I think it was 89 to Vanderbilt, um, driving this big car, flying through the city, running red lights, telling people go to hell. I was like off the chain. Um, and uh, lo and behold, I actually had a self-inflicted accident of which the street disappeared. And there was just a, a curb, straight-up curb right there. The, the street was gone. <laughs> I didn't see it. <laughs> I, tore that, I, tore that, I tore that tire up on that car. But fortunately, it was only one tire, and I had a replacement. So I knew that I had to go back home, and I needed to get myself together. And my mind was in the wrong place, and I was trying to reach out to her. And when I heard myself speak in words of anger, frustration, and hate, I became afraid of myself. And back then, we had phones that actually had receivers. You could actually hang it up. You hold it in your hand. Hello, how you doing? You put it back on the receiver. Well, I put the phone back on the receiver with such uh, uh, fear because I said something like, all I'm trying to do is love you. I'm sure you don't want to see my hate. And when I heard hate, it was like reverberating in my brain. It was like, hate, 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 hate. And I slammed the phone down, and I said, who is this guy? Who is this guy? I backed up in the corner, and I stayed in that corner, and I ended up going to sleep. I, I did have another beer. I remember that because I still had another six-pack. But, <laughs> but you have to be mindful of raising your consciousness because that's who we are. And the power which is, is contained within you to do and be the best you that you can be. You got to expand. We all have to expand. And I think my expansion in and of itself had brought Arlene into my life. And I am so grateful for her presence. She's the most amazing experience of love that I've ever had. And that does not discount the amazing experiences I've had with others. But as you continue to evolve and you continue to go on your journey of love, you will find the secrets to love that last. You will come to recognize that change is the only constant. It is we who choose the direction of that change. You'll find that love is a choice and forgiveness is a reality. If you don't step into that, you will fall into places in a position that is not your own. Relationships ideally should be compatible, but when they're not, don't run around trying to find a fault and hurt people and be destructive with the relationship because you end up damaging yourself, point blank, because we all are connected. And when we live love, we receive love. I wish I could sing a song right now, but I can't. <laughs> So, uh, so I would like to leave you all with this. So, it it when you've raised your relationship standards, and you find yourself 
you know, by yourself. Take that take that time to love on yourself more, to discover yourself more, to be present with yourself more, and to commune with the one that, that created you. Because you are the light of God, you are the love of God, you are the heart of God. And truly, even in this earth experience, we're really never, ever alone. But get to that place of being okay with being by yourself, that you are just enjoying your journey of life. And you will see that as you do that, as you embrace yourself more, that people will find themselves more drawn to you. And know that when you raise your relationship standards, you have pretty much told the universe that you are in a place of wanting the very best for yourself. And wanting the very best for yourself when you get to that place of being really uncompromising about it, the universe will yield and bring the most, bring your divine love mate to you. And I think that's it. Anything else to share? Fantastic. Oh, I just just (laughs) love that so much. I do. And uh, I think one of the reasons why we step to this platform is because we know that other people can have the experience that we're having. And we're in the hopes of sharing this love that we have because we don't want to keep it to ourselves. We want to pour some of that on y'all. You see what I'm saying? True that. True that. <laughs> All right, family. We love you, we bless you, we appreciate you, we thank God for you, and we know that wherever you are, God is. And so it is. I know exactly what you're thinking. I've had those thoughts a million times. I can see the question that's behind your eyes Or you're searching for your peace of mind Now listen up to this truth You are me and I am you Every one of us is worthy Baby, girl, worthy woman Every one of us is worthy I know your life, I felt your pain I know your joys and your shame Sometimes it feels like life walks over you Or like you're a penny on the ground But either on the ground or in your purse The smallest piece still holds its worth Every one of us is worthy Baby, girl, worthy woman Every one of us is worthy Baby, girl, worthy woman, every one of us is worthy, worthy of love, worthy of life, worthy of saying no when something don't feel right. This is a song for you, for all the ups and downs that 
Every one of us is worthy. Baby girl, worthy woman. Every one of us is worthy. Baby girl, worthy woman. Every one. 